Welcome to Management for Startups. Management for Startups is about learning to manage people in small businesses and organizations between 2 to 50 people. My name is Cedric. This podcast is never longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. So today we're going to be talking about a technique for thinking about and evaluating and, well, just putting into practice uh, management techniques. And this is a bit unusual because this isn't actually a technique on its own. It's a lens with which to see management or a framework with which to think about management techniques. And it's unusual because this is still part of the mini-series, the bare minimum you need to know to be an adequate manager. But uh, I know I said that there are four techniques in that mini-series where we've, you know, we cover delegation, training, and then the next technique will be prioritization of your managerial tasks. And the last technique will be doing one-on-ones with your subordinates. And we've already covered training in the last episode, and we've covered delegation on the episode uh, before that. But today, I think we, we, we need to take a quick break and take a step back. And I want to talk about a management uh, framework, which I think is a perfect time to talk about because we've just talked about delegation and training. In many ways, that's the core of management. So we've covered a bit uh, about the, you know, the details, the nitty gritty of what it's like to be a manager and what it's like to actually uh, do manage, management work. If I introduce this idea at the very beginning of the series, probably there's nothing to use as a reference. Um, it's completely abstract. And it, now that I can, I can introduce this right now because I've already talked about uh, two episodes worth of actual, actionable, concrete content that probably has a direct bearing on your day-to-day uh, practice as a manager. So now I have the license to talk about this framework, a way of thinking about management uh, that isn't entirely divorced from reality. The other benefit, I think, of talking about this now is that prioritization next week will be directly linked to the ideas that we discuss in today's episode. So uh, what I want to talk about today is this framework, and it's so powerful and so important uh, that I can... Uh, I can still remember a time in my management career before I learned this idea and this framework and after I learned this idea and this framework. So this isn't completely just abstract as well. All right, so what's the idea? The idea is very simple and I've actually alluded to it in the last two episodes. The idea is uh, expressible in a single sentence and the sentence is the job of the manager is to increase the output of the team. And that's a really deceptively simple sentence. Uh, I've mentioned it in la- the last episode when I talk about training. And I've also uh, mentioned it in the, in the episode about delegation when I said that, you know, you have two hats. You either have a manager hat or an individual contributor hat, and you can only wear one hat at a time. And your job, if you're, if you're wearing your manager hat, is to increase the output of the team. But uh, it's profound enough, and, it, and, and the downstream implications of this is useful enough that it's worth it to talk about it for a, a, an entire episode. Why is this so profound, or why is this so interesting? If you take a step back, right, and you sort of pretend that you are new to the industry, you're a fresh graduate, and you've never worked in a company before, if you come into a company and you look at what the people in the office, uh, you know, what they do, it's probably... Uh, quite easy to fall into the trap of thinking that managers are doing lousy or uh, stupid work. And I think that's why management as a whole uh, gets a bad rap. I know that amongst startups, amongst uh, programmers and designers in particular, uh, people think like, oh, oh my God, you're, you're going to management. That's terrible. Uh, I, you know, you are basically going to be a manager and your entire schedule will be filled with like rubbish work. And that, you know, that's, 
normal. That's amongst my friends. That's the 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 typical reaction when somebody says, "Oh, I'm now going into management," <laughs> and it kind of makes sense because okay, if when you started out as a programmer, a designer, or a marketer, as an individual contributor, basically your your days were filled with activities that directly contributed to business value. So if you're a programmer, your job will be to implement some feature, you know, which directly leads to increased revenue because it contributes to the product, the product that the company is selling. You know, if the if your company is a software company, if you are a designer, you do user testing, you do user mockups, your designs uh, directly contribute to the usability of the product that your that your company is selling. And if you're a marketer, it's even more obvious, right? Because as a marketer, your marketing campaigns lead to more leads, and inbound leads translates to more sales, which means more revenue. Avenue, which means you contribute to the business. But if you look at what a manager does day to day, it's very difficult to see a relationship between the activities that a manager does and the output uh, of the managerial work that contributes to the business. So a typical manager spends their day uh, in chat, uh, typing into text boxes of all kinds, um, maybe typing into uh, you know some project management service like Jira or Fabricator, uh, writing emails, uh, sitting in meetings, uh, sitting in sales calls, coordinating between departments, um, and you know horror of horrors, uh, conducting stand up meetings or like being put into meetings that are ad hoc and completely unplanned for. So if you take a look at a typical manager's day. A manager is probably, you know, it's it's very unclear to a new hire that a manager is actually contributing to the business. Apart from the part where you know the manager gets to tell what everybody else, you know,、uh, what they have to do, like delegating tasks or routing tasks to various people,、uh, it's very unclear that a manager is actually contributing business value. And I think this is the core of why management gets a bad rap amongst new uh, engineers. Uh, in particular, people think like, "Oh, managers are so useless." And it also explains why, when new managers, you know, they, without any training, when they first become managers, it's very unclear to them which、uh, tasks are actually important. It's also very unclear to、uh, to see how to evaluate their performance. And so, what they do is like, "Oh, you know, I need to be more productive, so I need to schedule more meetings or write more emails," which can be a terrible idea. So how what's our way out of this? And the way out of this is precisely the framework that I talked about earlier. Once you understand that the manager's job is to increase the output of the team, everything becomes clear. And you can use this framework not just to evaluate the techniques in this mini series, but also to evaluate the techniques in any management book or any management、uh, blog post that you see for the rest of your career. Every management、uh, technique. And framework and approach can be evaluated through the lens of how does this help me as a manager increase the output of my team. The easiest way to see that this is true is to look at an example where the opposite has happened, where the manager hasn't increased the output of his or her team.、Uh, the, instead, the manager has decreased the output of his or her team. And in this example, let's say、um, you are. Engineering manager, you manage programmers because that's what I know best. And you have two programmers on your team,、uh, and they've just completed a feature, and they're about to be free tomorrow. Now it turns out that there is a new feature that you need to implement very quickly, and if you don't 
have that feature ready. That means that you don't have the specification written out. You haven't communicated with all the stakeholders, including sales, or if they, you know, maybe a customer is asking for it. So maybe it's customer support. If you haven't coordinated amongst uh, uh, all these stakeholders between sales and customer support and the customer and design and have this spec ready, then when your programmers are free tomorrow and they're waiting for their next task, you can't delegate that task to them, right? Because you haven't prepared the specification for the feature. And so those two programmers are basically just sitting there doing nothing. And you've effectively decreased the output of your team. Because otherwise, these two programmers will be engaged in work and they will be uh, executing on a task that would deliver value for the business. Um, on top of that, there is actually a worse scenario. And the worst scenario is that you rushed the specification and you got certain details wrong. So the programmers go off and they implement the feature. They maybe take a week to implement the feature. And then when they come back, uh, when you're about to deliver it to the customer, everybody realizes that, oh, you know, you've implemented the wrong thing. So now you've not only screwed up uh, one week's worth of work, you've also kind of screwed up every other department of your company that depends on that feature being done right and being done on time. So you've exercised immense, very, very bad uh, uh, decrease in output. Uh, conversely, you as a manager can do a really good job uh, if your uh, people on your team are never blocked. Uh, there are always specifications ready and waiting for them when they are freed up and ready to work on the next thing. Um, in this particular scenario, you as a manager has, you know, you've increased the output of your team. You've made sure that nobody is sitting idle and you've made sure that everybody has, uh, everybody has everything they need to accomplish tasks that they're working on. Andy Grove called this idea managerial leverage. And when you increase the output of your team, he calls it positive managerial leverage. And when you decrease the output of your team, then conversely, it's called negative managerial leverage. Now, this idea is really profound. Think about the downstream implications of this. Uh, the first downstream implication is that you can evaluate your work and your performance as a manager purely by this metric alone. In fact, every week, and I tell this to my managers because I think it's, it was a huge, it made a huge difference to uh, my performance as a manager and my growth as a manager. Every week, I would take a, an evening after work and go to a bar alone with a pen and some paper and I'll order a pint of beer and then I'll sit alone and ask myself, so how did the last week go, right? Did I increase or decrease the output of my team? If I increase the output of my team, are there any lessons on like how, you know, uh, I've done well, so let's celebrate that. But in addition to that, like are there additional ways that I can further increase the output of my team? Conversely, if I had a bad week, then I will go into like, you know, uh, SWOT analysis mode. Like I'll try to figure out what the problem is, how to make sure that it never happens again, uh, what changes to my process or my practice that I need to execute in order to prevent uh, such a problem from happening again. Um, the downstream implications also apply to when you're talking to or evaluating other managers. Uh, I think one of the easiest ways to evaluate if a manager is good or bad is to ask them about their job, right? And after like five or 10 minutes of talking, you get a feel for whether the manager understands that the core of their job is to increase or decrease the output of their team. And, and you can tell you can tell very clearly uh, once uh, the manager understands the implications of this idea, you will see the downstream effects on all of his or her actions. I think this is one of the most effective ways to sort of uh, evaluate new managers when you hire them. You sort of ask like, do you understand your role and his team? And how do you know what's a good week for you? Sometimes people ask me like, how do you uh, run your team, you know, and, and grow the company uh, from zero to 4.5 million in annual revenue over the course of two years without crazy hiring? 
And in many ways, when I when I think about the experience that I've had, um, this uh, cadence of constantly looking for ways to increase the output of the team explains a huge part of my results. Uh, and I think all good managers has this effect on their teams or on their companies, right? Because if you have a good manager that's constantly, you know, obsessively focused on increasing the output week after week, uh, you will get incredible results after a couple of months. Uh, just as a simple example, in, you know, in my previous episode, I spent some time talking about how you can systematize your training, right? But that pretty much just stemmed from week-on-week execution and constantly asking myself, okay, you know, I'm doing training now and that's great because it allows me to delegate more. But then the next step would be like, how do I increase the output further? Uh, Because training is taking such a huge amount of my time. Is there a way to systematize it so that I can, you know, just amortize the effort of designing my training program across all my new hires And then after that, is there a way to systematize it so that I can delegate uh, my training program without much tweaking? And the answers to those, both those questions, you know, true trial and error led to the recommendations that I talked about in the previous uh, episode. And I think over time, if you have a good manager in charge of a team, what would happen is that you have this cadence, this feeling of running a tight ship where you, you don't really need to increase a man headcount in order to achieve uh, increasing levels of productivity and output. But I think the most profound downstream implication of this idea is simply that uh, now once you understand this framework, it, management no longer seems like this intimidating monolithic skill that you have to, to gain, right? It becomes a very easy week-on-week trial and error optimization problem. And the metric for the optimization is, am I increasing the output of my team? Or if there are problem happens, how do I prevent that problem from happening and affecting the output of my team? And once you use this as your North Star and you just optimize for this single metric, you will become a good manager, a great manager even over the course of a few years. So that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, Next episode, we're going to be talking about prioritization. And of course, this idea ties in directly with that. So I look forward to uh, seeing you next week. Thank you very much. Bye.